Hello, this is Dr. Timothy Hart again, also known as Dr. Connexpert. Today we're going to start a new episode and we're kind of building on the last episodes that we have been listening to. The last episode we talked about working on your personal attitude. And when you in working on your personal attitude, that that helps in establishing and maintaining relationships. Sometimes we have to we have to deal with people according to who they are and what they are. And then we have to deal with them according to what they present. I'd like to say at the start that um, I'd like to thank all those who have been listening to the podcast, and I'm hoping that you are being enriched by it. Now, today we want to talk about our attitudes toward others. As you as you have done, hopefully you've uh, done your journaling and you've been examining yourself pretty close, and that's something that many of us have not been told to do. And the reason why we're not told to do it is, you know, there are many um, answers, more than many reasons that we can speculate about. But one of the biggest reasons is that people like to have control. And when you are not sure of anything, it leaves the gate open for someone to control you. As we talked about in the last uh, podcast, last episode, we talked about men being benevolent and women, uh, women being uh, the designated receivers. Uh, they also can contribute uh, to that benevolency dynamic. However, there are times when people are not so benevolent, and because of that, we have developed attitudes and we have developed uh, ways that we uh, use to cope with some of the things we receive from people. There are times when we leave our homes and after doing all of the stuff that we do and making all the preparations that we need to make to make a uh, to make a, a make an appearance in front of people, there are times when there are other things that go lacking and uh, we'll go into some of those in detail. The first thing you have to deal with when you talked about your attitudes toward other people is your personal bias, also known as your idiosyncrasies. What are those things that that make you respond in particular ways toward other people? We have been uh, reared um, in some cases, and we have been taught in other cases that certain people are to be treated a particular way. Now, I can say that in some respects, that is fine. But in other respects, if it's not fully understood, it can go to the left very, very quickly. Let me give you an example. Right now in this country, we're having a, a racial issue. And that issue is based on years of stereotypes and other idiosyncrasies based on all of the races that are present on the North American continent. Now, the biggest issue that we're having, of course, is the one between black and white. And as we examine uh, our attitudes about those particular things, race being one of them, 
we should be mindful of the fact that many times our bias is not based on any real fact. And the fact that, and the idea that they're not based on any real fact, when you operate in those, they, pr- they produce a particular attitude or particular mode of action. So I want to encourage you as you listen to this to uh, remain open-minded about the kinds of things that you're going to hear today because if we do not uh, fix our personal attitudes toward others, we will find ourselves attracting the wrong types of energies. And we, of course, cannot be upset with people uh, when they respond the way they respond. Now, I want you to understand something, that this uh, this whole realm that we live in There are forces that you cannot see, forces that you cannot touch or put your hands on because they are spiritual in nature. Now, as we address some of these things, I want to address how we arrive at some of these biases. Sometimes we get them from our training, our parents and our family members, the societies that we live in tell us that we need to act a particular way toward people and and act a particular way toward a group or an ideology. When that happens, we adjust our thinking so that certain things become triggers. And as those things are triggered, then the trained response comes forward. And many times that trained response is not only offensive, but it also comes back to you in a way that is doubly offensive. As we deal with the issue of race, let's start right there. Um, We have been told, many uh, eugenicists have been told that uh, people of color have particular attributes that are negative. And we've also added to that paradigm by trying to uh, rebel against those things. And our rebellion in many times is just as bad as the actual offense. When you leave your house in the morning or whenever you leave your house, remember that you are not on the planet alone. And because you're not on the planet alone, there are things that people are going to present. Now, does that mean that you have to respond to every event? No, it does not. Does that mean that you have to change every event? No, it does not. There are some events that happen to you that you must allow to happen. And I'll go into detail on that later. There are some biases we get through experience. In other words, we have something happen to us. We enter a situation or scenario and those situations produce certain feelings and attitudes. And if those attitudes are adverse, if they're negative, if they're bad, if they hurt your feelings, then we develop defenses against those things and the people from which they came. Oftentimes, the first thing we'll look at is race. And when you look at race as the first indicator, What happens is many of the things that have not only happened to you, but happened to others 
will come into play in order to cause a defense mechanism that can produce something pretty negative. And as if you're reading and watching the news, the very idea that police officers, that's a particular group, are having adverse events with African-Americans. Well, they're having adverse events with nearly everybody, but more so with uh, African-Americans. And the, the whole idea behind it is that that attitude and conduct has a source. And that source is a system that's designed to keep African-Americans in a particular position. See all of this? See, see how it works? It's, it starts from one little thing and it trickles and trickles and trickles until it becomes this huge snowball. And if we deconstruct the snowball, I don't know if any of you, I'm, I'm from a cold region, and in the wintertime, we would make snowballs. And it was okay and it was acceptable to have a snowball that was just snow. On occasion, we would pick up some snowball, some snow that had ice in it. Other times it had rocks and pebbles and, and other types of debris, which made that thing a little more painful if you were to get hit by it. This is the same way with the current tone. Many of the things are things that people can sit down and talk about. Many times our experience contributes and it becomes a huge snowball. And in the snowball are things that are very hurtful. So as you consider how you feel about the kind of world you want to have, you want to consider what your attitudes are about other people. And experience can produce some of those situations. Another way we receive biases is from our friends, associates, family members, and people that we either work around or associate with, uh, associate with on any uh, maybe a limited or extended period of time where we're told things that, um, that maybe conflict with what we believe or other times we agree with them, and they're just not things we haven't considered. And I want you to be, I want to be clear about one thing is just because you agree with it doesn't necessarily make it correct. And sometimes, and many times we operate under what is incorrect. And because of the situation, we, the more people tell you to stop doing it, that's the very thing you end up doing. And it's hard to let go of certain habits. And it's because we are under the impression that those habits have served us very well. And those things we pick up from associates. And of course, when you're with the associates, we have upbringing and experience that those people have gone through just like you have. If you live from, if you're from the same area or you're from the same community, you may have similar experiences. You may have uh, similar associates. You may have Sometimes we are we hang out and spend a lot of time with family members who also have the same associates. So it becomes this big old, this huge, huge situation that once we consider all of the dynamics, once we consider all of the dynamics, then we end up 
in a in a tough position when it comes to dealing with someone who maybe we have just met, maybe we've known before, or maybe we have a transient relationship at best. Now, we have some uh, situations that we need to consider and talk about on a regular basis, and that is the fact that many things that we uh, deal with can be alleviated with simple study. Sometimes we need to read the right material. Sometimes we need to listen to the right broadcast. Sometimes we need to associate with better people. And associating with better people is perhaps the, the best way to get, get by some of your biases. One of the uh, challenges that, that you will face as you leave your house is that understanding that colors and shapes and styles influence how other people think. Now, it's been confessed by many people that they don't care what other people think, when in reality, they actually do. And I would challenge anyone to just do anything and have someone respond and for them to just say, I completely don't care. Uh, that, would be un that would be untrue. It would be seriously untrue for someone to make that kind of statement because most of what we do is influenced by and we're looking to influence the world that we live in. Let me give you a couple of cases in point. As a younger person back in the back in the 70s, there were certain codes of dress that we used to see on a regular basis. And our parents would tell us that this is what this type of person would wear. For example, if a woman was to be considered a lady, she wore dresses or she wore things that were modest and she would maybe put on makeup and do her hair a particular way. And that's how everyone knew that that was a lady. Likewise with the men, there were some, um, there were codes of dress, uh, suits were always popular. Suits are always popular on guys. So if you really want to make an impression, guys, if you're listening to this, get a, put on a jacket of some kind. Now we, you don't want to mix your clothing up too much, too casual, too, too formal, but maybe find a good middle of the road. Many people in this days and time seem to mix, you know, mix dressy jackets with jeans or mix jeans with uh, sneakers or jeans and shoes. So it's kind of this, this hodgepodge of a thing. And mostly it's because of their following trends. When you follow trends, you do what the trends say is acceptable. But one thing is certain, guys, is that if you put on a suit, you will command respect wherever you go. So you just have to be careful when you put on a suit that you don't, uh, your behavior's not crass, is that if, if you can follow that. Now, moving forward, if you knew a construction worker by the construction clothing. You knew a chef by the chef's clothing. You knew the, um, you knew police officers and militia people by the presence of a uniform. And so these things elicit responses. And if you know that you're going to encounter these types of people, you may have a particular type of feeling. And so we need to be careful about personal bias. A good way to get by that is to recognize that humanity at its basic level, if everyone was naked and 
being completely naked. All you would see is anatomical parts. And the only thing you would have to go on is skin color, the types of anatomy, and the way the person moved. Nothing else would matter. But now we live in a world where uh, uh, covering up your body is important. So what you cover your body with is certain to elicit a response. And we need to be careful of those responses. Now, we also want to talk about our presentation, how we present ourselves to other people, as we talked about in other episodes. When you go out to meet someone, when you go out to meet anyone, you want to present the best possible appearance that you can. Just because you have a job that's dirty don't mean you have to be dirty. Just because you have a job that that would allow you to be casual doesn't mean you should be casual. Maybe you should step it up and be professional at all times. And that is what I suggest as, as a Dr. Connexpert. I suggest that you present your professional self all the time. What is your best self? And if you have idiosyncrasies, like you don't like suits, and for the women, I don't like dresses, forget that. I can say it, and I know this is going to meet with some pushback, but forget that. At some point in a society, we need to take one for the team and understand that for the good of the society at large, we need to conduct ourselves a particular way. Most people don't realize that when you go against the grain, the way you know it is you get you get pushed back. You have people who make comments that you may or may not like. You see them do particular things that would uh, elicit a negative response. So if you want peace, it's not like you're going along to get along. What you're doing is you're going into the world and you're representing yourself and your family in a particular way that your family or yourself develop a reputation for being a positive kind of person. And that's what we want to deal with. With all of my episodes, I want to deal with the, the positivity piece. Now, there's not there's not a, a time when you're not going to receive negativity. There is going to always be negativity because people are not always happy. And because people are not always happy, uh, people are always in a state of disagreement um, one way or another. People have different things that they know, different areas of knowledge that they're strong in. Uh, we have different cultures, which do particular things, do different things. And so in learning how to be happy, either you decide that you're not going to associate, which would be kind of difficult, or you do the minimum so that you would at least put forth a positive introduction. Now, I want to deal with a professional presentation. What is a professional presentation? A professional presentation for a male is a clean and orderly style of dress. You want to stay away from following trends because trends say that you're a follower and not a leader. And let me give you some uh, some examples of this. We now have we now have a, a situation where people are not wearing their trousers correctly. And they allow them to um, 
to drape off of their body in such a way that it's not modest. And it's offensive. It's very offensive. But if you say, I don't care, then you're telling a lie because you do care. There are, there are two ways that we deal with things when adversity comes. Either we, we okay, we agree with it, that it's not good, and we seek to change it, or we agree that it's not good, and we say and do things that demonstrate I don't respect the person who said it. And so when we wear our clothing a particular way and we get a particular response, we can't be angry at people for how they feel. That's the key. You can't be angry about how people feel. People know what they want to see. Just like you have your biases, they have theirs. So I know for an actual fact, for a fact that you can change a person's attitude about you by presenting the kinds of things they like to see. And if they like to see those things, then you'll get a much better response and you'll be able to do a whole lot more and navigate much better. On the other side, the females, to wear things that are too revealing, wear things that, that, um, that show things that reveal secrets about you, those things are met with pushback. But the pushback that happens for a woman happens at a lot broader a range. Let me give you an example. There are some times when if you're ever in a, metro, a metropolitan area like a downtown, or in an office building, and you see two women, and one of them is dressed in a in a, a skirt that's very, very short. Uh, the other one is dressed in a skirt that's very, very long. The respect of a lady is always going to be given to the longer skirt. Why? Because it's more difficult to see what's underneath. If you see two women and one woman has tattoos all over her, it's easy to infer that she maybe participates in a nightlife or maybe she participates in some alternative activities that deal with nightlife and things that are not socially acceptable. It's real easy to infer that as opposed to the woman who doesn't wear any tattoos, who rarely wears, wears makeup and, and does their hair a particular way that says that I'm a lady. Now, I must admit that I have certain biases and I have those biases for a very, very good reason is because I know, and I'm sure that many of you who are intelligent and who understand social dynamics would agree that the one reason why people are disrespected is based on dress code. I'm going to say that again. One of the reasons, one of the main reasons people are disrespected in society is because of the dress code. What people see before they even know you, before they even know your name, before they even have a conversation with you, they're well aware. They look at your dress code. Okay. Now, what does your dress code say about your attitude toward others? Well, if you're a woman and you refuse to dress modestly, what that says to them is they you they may infer that you're very loose, that you're very easy to get, and that they can entice you to do things that are taboo or socially deviant. If you dress in such a way that says that you are a lady, then you're less likely to be uh, accosted. You're much less likely to be presented, to be approached 
in such a way that infers that. So it's kind of protection to dress modestly. For a guy, if you decide that you're going to dress uh, like you hang out, like you're very, very casual, like you're on the streets, then you can expect professional people to reject you. And there are some things that we need to respect and honor as men. And that is the fact that we have an image that we really need to spend more time trying to uphold. Once you do that, what happens is you'll find more opportunities will come for you to do better things. You'll find yourself less likely to be approached by law enforcement. You'll be less likely to be rejected by the fairer sex in the event that you see a woman that you like. So it's, it's, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. If all you need to do, and I want you to think reasonably about this, if all I need to do is put on a tie, and that means the difference between me making $15 an hour and me making $20 an hour, I think I'd wear the tie. If the difference between me being in a respectable position on the job or being in a place where I'm constantly surrounded by people who are loud and unruly and maybe unprofessional, if if wearing a longer skirt and wearing covering up on my tattoos would mean the difference between me being risk, you know, me having the risk of not being safe and being safe, or me um, wanting to make more money and being availed to more upwardly mobile activities, I would think you'd wear longer dress. See, these are these are types of things that they are minimal. They are very minimal. They're not big. They're, they're not a big deal because. If you really look at the scheme of things, looking in the mirror, the only time you see yourself. If you agree with that, you can agree with that. If you don't agree with that, let me go further. If you, you're the only, only time you see yourself is in front of a reflective object, then we can concur that what you're wearing is designed to impress somebody else. You may not think so, but if you find yourself defending your appearance, then what that says is, I'm trying to please you, but it's not working, but I'm going to do it anyway, just because you don't like it. Or when you see someone and they are extremely pleased, that makes you feel better about your day. It makes you feel better about your life. It makes you feel much better. So. Now we've gone from our social acceptance to now our, our mental acceptance. There are many people who are single today, many people who are in search of a relationship, in search of a, a better quality of mate. Well, searching for a better quality of mate, the first stop is your dress code. And you can't get around that to save your life. Now, there are other factors that determine whether someone's going to choose you. And I can say this, in your attitude toward others, you have to be respectful of their choices. You have to be respectful of their preferences. If you are not respectful of another person's preference or their tastes or appetites, then you are not respectful of people. And this world operates on reciprocity. If you're not respectful of others, you cannot, in good conscience, 
expect them to be respectful of you. Now, it might be tough, it might be uh, hard to take, but it is what it is. So if you have a problem because someone doesn't like it, now we have another issue that we have to address, and then we're going to wrap this up. It's about selfishness. Selfishness is a very, very nasty entity because what it does is it breeds malice. In other words, I'll do something to someone just because they don't like me. I'll do something to someone just because they don't agree with me. I'll do something to someone just because they said or I thought they said they didn't like something I've done. So what kind of attitudes should we leave home with? The type of attitude that that breeds uh, breeds pushback, that creates a negative environment that makes others feel uncomfortable and hence making us feel uncomfortable, create a dangerous environment for you? Or do you go on, do you go into the attitude that people are deserving of whatever they deserve and people are supposed to be loved and are entitled to that? They are entitled to respect without having to jump through hoops and run around the corner and, and go over the moon in order to be respected by you, people should get respect automatically. Now, will they earn and were they earn the standing and maintain the standing? That's a whole other discussion. But we want to talk about how we feel. We want to talk about how we feel. Now, when we approach others, we want to be aware that people are people, and that's the way that goes. This is Dr. Timothy Hart, most the Dr. Connect expert. You all have a great day.